0: Welcome to the Money Mastery Unleashed Podcast. If you're looking to create generational wealth, increase your net worth, and create your best financial life, then this is the show for you. Now get ready to enhance your finances with your host and certified financial advisor, Adam Olson. Hey guys, thanks for checking out another episode of the AO Show. We're covering my book, What's Your Plan? This show today is gonna be just a summary I'm gonna talk a little bit about values. I'm gonna talk a little bit about goals. We're gonna talk about how to get what you want and then how to actually grasp that. And lastly, I'm gonna end with some basic money advice that I think everybody should hear and everybody should listen to. So make sure you stay tuned till the end. I'm gonna give you eight practical money tips that are great takeaways for you to be using in this new year. Let's get started with today talking about values. So first off, my first question that I like to start with on this is can you actually define, those, define what values you have and how you're using those things to increase your happiness? In today's world, with the social media the way it is, I just see far too many people doing things more or less to keep up with the Joneses, doing things because it's what society tells them to do. Buying vehicles, buying toys just to keep up with everybody else. and sometimes you may not be making those decisions to keep you happy you may be making those decisions just because that's the thing to do and so you just really need to stop and think what makes you happy what makes you get enjoyment one thing for me is i actually enjoy mowing my yard it's a little bit of quiet time to myself away from the kids you know yes katie may get mad because i'm taking time away from family but honestly it's something that i enjoy it's my quiet time that half hour or hour that I get maybe every four to five days is really a nice break that I need to throw on a podcast space out for a little bit, get outside, get some exercise. It's what I enjoy. Now the mower that I have costs a fraction of the cost. If I were to get a riding lawn mower, that would take me, you know, a fourth of the time I could get done way faster, but I actually value that time that I get mowing my yard, that personal time. So to me, I would rather get the exercise, get the alone time with a very, very inexpensive push lawnmower versus spending the money to get that riding lawnmower that would allow me to do it in a fraction of the time. That is one of the value things that I value. And it's a tool that I use. You got to look at money as a tool that you use to increase your happiness. I try to be very diligent with the money that we're blessed with and spending that on things that increases my happiness. And my family's happiness is something that I try to pay careful attention to. Now, how do you, so how do you define those values for yourself? What do you do every day that adds value that makes you happy? What does your perfect day look like? That's a good place to start thinking. Try to focus on positive things every day and enhance the best parts of your day that you find. So to help you imagine this, I want to walk you through what my perfect day is, what my perfect day looks like. So to start, it doesn't always work like this, but to start my perfect day right now in my current situation, this is how it looks. I wake up in the morning and I get a workout in, whether that's a group of guys getting together and doing a workout circuit, or it's me by myself in my garage getting a workout in. I love to start my day with a workout. After that, I try to get a little bit of reading or devotional time in. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And then i like to have breakfast at home I make the kids yogurt every morning and we usually have that together, rushing them out the door to get to school. And then I get to work, help clients with the financial planning needs during the day. And then what I've been doing lately that's really working out awesome for me is I run home for lunch. I take the kids on a walk around the neighborhood before their nap, my two younger ones, and then put them down for a nap and I head back to work. And then ideally I get home say 4.30, I get home before five o'clock ideally. And usually the evening is comprised of kids' of sports, hanging out, being outside, just doing something to be active, being around the kids, enjoying a little bit of time with them before we get them down. And then ideally, once I put them down, it's either Katie or I getting a little bit of time together or I've actually been spending a lot of time working on my podcast at, in the evenings recently. So that, that is my perfect day. And if I could seriously replicate that thing every day of the week, my life would be awesome. I love it. I love my schedule. I love my routine. I love my work. I love getting my workouts in. I love the little bit of family time that I get two to three hours, maybe four, if you count in, you know, before school, during the day and after school, but I love that schedule. Now to you, that may sound like hell, but honestly, that's what I love. That's what I enjoy. And when I have that, I feel awesome. And so, after developing that perfect day, figuring out what that looks like for me, I've developed my seven F's. These are my values that I talk about. <clears throat> they are faith, family, fitness, finances, friends, fun, and fellowship. They are the more, most important things to me right now. What I've found is that if I focus my time and my money on these things, I tend to be an extremely happy person. My life is filled, fulfilling at that time. So take the take the morning workout that I do two days a week right now with a group of guys, you know, I have fitness in there. We usually end in prayer, you know, there's friends and it's fellowship. And honestly, I think it's fun as well. So I I try to add as many of those values into my day to day as I can. It doesn't always work out, but when it does, it's an awesome deal. You, You may have noticed that food isn't on there. We're not big foodies. You know, so food is not a value of mine. We just eat, I eat what's in front of me and that doesn't take any extra money other than to give me a good meal. I'm not a foodie. So that's not what one of my values is. A lot of my money doesn't go to fancy meals. So what I want you guys to think about is what, just find three values. It doesn't have to be five. It doesn't have to be seven. Just find three values, things that you find in your day to day that make you happy. And then focus your time and your money on those things. We all get two things. We have time and we have money. You work a job to get money, and then that takes your time away from your life. So you need to be cognizant of where you're spending those two things, time and money. Be cognizant of where those are going and use your time to create value in your life, enjoyment, and get happiness out of every day. Remember, just take three values, try to, add as much time and money into those things as you can. Hopefully that'll allow you to live a more fulfilled life. So now that we've talked about values a little bit, it's an easy parlay to talk about goals. And I prefer to set goals that make you happy. So going back to this second book, I originally wrote it in 2019. And at that time, Katie and I were really talking that, you know, the house that we're in right now is not ideal we need to have something that's a little bit more open, more more bedrooms on the main floor for kids. We just need to have more space. And so at that time, we really wanted to have a lake home. You know, that was like our dream at that time was to have a lake home. It would have been perfect. You know, we get a swim in the summer boat in the summer. It would have been an awesome goal for us to have. Now, it just so happened that a couple months ago here, actually, um, Katie and I had the opportunity to purchase a house right across the street from us. And it's the perfect house for us right now. It's got three bedrooms on the main floor, plenty of room outside for entertainment. And it's an awesome house for us. It wasn't our dream of the lake home. But once we started talking about this and looking at this house, we really said, you know what? At this point in our lives, it's about two years sooner than we were thinking. But this is an ideal move for us it's going to allow us to have more family around, have more friends around, have more fellowship and have more fun. So it had a lot of our values in it and it may have accelerated the timeline a little bit, but financially we were ready to do it and we were able to check that goal off of our list plenty early. Now, another goal that we have is we like to go places and do things with our kids now that they're a little bit older. So another goal that we've had that we've talked about is, you know, we'd like to do Okaboji every summer. So Kitty and I now have a goal of, Hey, let's start stacking some extra money away and look at purchasing a vacation property in Okaboji. you know, down the road, we're probably going to be spending more time with Omaha. You know, I have a business practice that we'll be buying out in Omaha with my partner. And so we're probably going to be spending more time there down the road with kids activities and things as well. So then we also have on the horizon of trying to get something similar in Omaha, you know, something that we can use for ourselves, And then when we're not using it, we're able to rent it out and get some income off of those things. So those are some goals that we have from a financial standpoint right now. And for you, try to think of goals that are part of your values. Create the goals that will increase your happiness, things that will add value to your life. So money's a tool. We're using it to fulfill goals that we have that are gonna fulfill our lives. So now I want you to think about what you want. What are your goals? You may have never thought about this at all. You may have never even entertained the idea. You may have haven't talked to your spouse about it, but it's important that you set goals. I like to tell people to break them down into three things. You break them into intermediate, excuse me, you break them into short-term, intermediate, and long-term. So maybe some immediate goals that you have, maybe no more debt, stop using credit cards. Maybe you need to set a budget. Maybe you just need to stop buying stupid stuff day to day. So short-term goals are things that you can tackle today right in front of you by the everyday decisions that you make. And then those intermediate goals, that's like the one to five years goals that I like to set that I talk to people about. Maybe this is making more money, getting an extra job, spending less money. You know, it's not rocket science in these short-term goals, the one to five year goals, you should fund those purchases or those goals with cash. you should not be investing for those one to five year time frame goals that you have those should be fulfilled with cash so for us we need to get some more money for a down payment on a house that was saved in just a cash account that we had sitting around so it's not in the market and volatile moving up and down and then the next goals that i like you to focus on are those goals five years plus so this isn't retirement stuff that i'm talking about you should save 20 percent for your retirement this is above and beyond that so those five to ten year goals Usually, it's a bit larger, maybe a bit more complex, but with these things, I do like to use the market with a little bit of the money if you're able to. So, if I got a time horizon for a client that's five years out and we're saving for a future goal, maybe it's a sports car or a huge vacation that you want to take, maybe you want to take a year off from work, and if that goal is, say, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years down the road, by all means, you can put some money into the market and start getting some interest growth on that, but When that goal gets to be within five years, three years or less, you gotta start protecting some of that cash that you have saved up for that. So work with your spouse, set some goals, think of the short-term ones, long-term ones, just try to set goals that will increase your happiness and make you happy. So those those vacation things that we're looking about purchasing, those are really in the next one to five years for the Okaboji, and then possibly five years or greater for the Omaha ones. We just have to have enough saved up in cash that it makes sense to make a large down payment on the thing and then rent it out when we want to force a little extra income on the side goals goal setting may be very tough for you guys to think about but i encourage you to do it with your spouse organize it get a dollar amount in mind and then work every day every month to save enough to get that done one thing that i like to track personally from a financial standpoint that we look at on an annual basis is net worth. So net worth is super simple to understand, guys. It simply is your assets minus your liabilities. What you own minus what you owe. Every single year, it's great to track that because I like to see net worths increasing over time. If it's going down, that's a bad thing. It should be increasing over time. So an easy way to track your net worth is this. This is is what your net worth should be. It's from a book, The Millionaire Next Door. But you take your age, time your income, divided by 10. If that number is more than your current net worth, then you need, you need to do some work. You need to get your net worth increased. So again, that, that calculation is this, guys. I'll give it to you again. Take your age, times your income, divided by 10. So let's. I'll do an example with you guys here right on the show just so you can kind of walk through it and understand what I'm talking about here. So let's take, let's say I'm 30. Let's say I'm making a hundred thousand a year. That's 3 million. If I divide that by 10, my net worth should be 300,000. So a 30 year old, 30 year old making a hundred thousand a year, net worth should be over 300,000 or 300,000 or over. If it's less than that, you got some work to do. If it's more than that, kudos to you. You're doing an excellent job. Keep that formula in mind. That's a great thing to revisit every year when you're doing your financial statement. Age times income divided by 10, that is what your net worth should be. Great goal for you guys to check out. So how do you how do you close the gap? You know, say you have some goals, but you don't have the means to meet those goals. Well, honestly, this is pretty easy, guys. This isn't rocket science. You either, one, spend more, excuse me, one, save more, quit spending as much, or you make more. That's a simple way to solve this problem. Either make more money or spend less money. It is not rocket science when you get to this part. Let's, let's use that house as an example that I was talking about. Say it was gonna cost 50,000, and it was within three years and i needed to save up and down payment say i only have 300 dollars, but I actually my target was 500. well adam you got two options make more money or spend less money or you could also downsize that dream if you wanted to well downsizing the dream really wasn't an option of a different home for us so you know you have to make some sacrifices to make that happen in short you're never going to reach your goals if you don't make some sacrifices today to fund those goals. I my one of my goals that I always talk about is I want to build a life that I don't need a vacation from. And you know, that's, that's one of my goals. I'm not there yet. You know, it's nice to get breaks, but honestly, I find it sad when people say, Oh, I need a vacation. Oh, I got to get away. Oh, this day to day is driving me nuts. That seems like a super sad existence to me. So one thing that I strive to do is, I want to create a lifestyle that I never need a vacation from. If I can be consistent in my lifestyle from a work standpoint, a parenting standpoint, a leader standpoint, and I never need a break from it for a week, two, three, four weeks a year. I just, I just think that is an excellent spot to be in and I can make leaps and bounds with the goals that I have if I never need a break from it. So that's something that I work about from my values to my goals in my day-to-day life create a life that i don't need a vacation from that's very important to me so setting these goals you have to execute and you're going to have to constantly reevaluate and you're constantly going to have to adjust as time goes on keep your spending in track keep your saving in track and there's also guys there's all kinds of ways to make money out there so don't don't hesitate to pick up a side gig don't hesitate to work more hours You know, don't find that embarrassing. If you have dreams that you want to fulfill and you need to work more for it, don't be afraid to do that. I, in closing here, guys, I want to give some, some tips, some tricks, just some basic financial advice I want to end on here. So these are eight money tips that you can really take to heart and that you can understand and utilize some of these things today to increase your financial happiness. This is from my first book. And this is really a key. This is a basic key that you have to get to. Save 20% of your income. Give 10% of your income. That's donating. Donate 10% of your income to your church, to a charity, wherever you wish. But I'm telling you, you do that and you'll get it back twice as much on the back end. Just, just try it. And then you spend the rest. So save 20, give 10, and spend the rest. That right there is a simple long-term solution to budgeting, so you never have to worry about budgeting again. Once you've ran a successful budget for a couple years, implement that strategy, and you're never gonna have to go back to it again. You're saving first, that's taking care of itself. You're giving first, you're blessing others with what you've been blessed with, that's what you need to be doing, and then you're free to spend the rest how you want to. And the rest of that money that you're spending could be used to fund some of those short-term and intermediate-term goals that you have to increase the happiness inside of your life. Again, remember that time and money that I talked about. Another thing that you guys have to do that I encourage you to do every year if you're not at that bogey of saving 20% of your income is increase your savings rate every single year. So a super thing to do, easy thing to do, say you get a 2% raise, say you get a 4% raise. If you can financially take a portion of that raise and throw it into your retirement account. So this avoids lifestyle creep. Instead of increasing your lifestyle by the 3% raise that you get every year, throw a portion of that raise in your retirement plan. I'm telling you, your future self is gonna thank you tenfold for doing that. You know, we work with a lot of young clients getting started in workplace plans in their first job. And a lot of them start out at 10% between what they put in and the employer match. And I always tell them, this is a great place to start. Don't get me wrong, this is way better than nothing. But do not stop at 10% in savings. When you get a raise every year, keep adding more to your retirement plan over time. This one kind of gets me in trouble from time to time when I'm talking with clients, especially with the male clientele, is you need to pay cash for your toys. So if I'm talking boats, motorcycles, side-by-sides, you name it, Any toys that you're buying as an adult, you need to pay cash for. So I'm okay with borrowing for a house, borrowing for a car, as long as they're reasonable purchases and they fit within the parameters of what we suggest. But when it comes to toys, pay cash for those toys. You're gonna be a slave to a payment if you have a payment for a boat, camper, and a side-by-side, plus the house, plus the cars. You're just a slave to making payments. That's not a lifestyle that you wanna live. And that's not going to increase your happiness having all of these payments looming over your head. This is an important one that I hit people on all the time. If you're paying more on your car payment than you're saving for your retirement, you're definitely doing something wrong. So you should be saving more into your retirement plans, saving more for your future than what your car payment is. That is a huge one that tricks a lot of people up. You know, the average car payment may be 700 bucks, whereas the average retirement savings may be 200 bucks for the average person out there. Those need to be flip-flopped. If your car payment is greater than the amount that you're putting into your retirement, your priorities are all jacked up. You got a lot of work to do. You got some corrections to make. So take that one to heart. Uh, while I'm talking about the car payments, this is an important calculation that I love that's out there that a lot of people in our industry use. It's called the 23-8 rule. This is the rule for car payments. It is suggested that you put 20% down. The payment plan that you do is 36 months. And the payment needs to be 8% or less of your income. So just remember 23-8 when you're looking at car payments. Remember the 8% is for the car payment amount, 20% down, three years worth of payments or less. So you should be saving 20% for your retirement, 8% on the car payment. Obviously, if those numbers are flip-flopped, you got a problem, you got some work to do. The the other thing that I think is commonly overlooked that a lot of people don't take advantage of is Roth contributions or post-tax deferrals in your workplace plan if they're allowed. So there is some new rules that have come out with simple IRAs if your employer offers those most 401ks have roth ira options i really believe that far too many people are doing pre-tax that should be looking at roth contributions so if your income tax rate is you know your federal rates over 30 plus the state if you're getting close to that 40 percent you know then that's a pretty compelling reason for you to be doing pre-tax investments but for the average american say in the 20 to 25% income tax bracket marginal you're gonna want to do Roth contributions your future self is going to be extremely happy when you got a bucket of tax free money if you plan it right that you can access in retirement i just have far too many retired clients right now that all their money's in pre-tax assets so they may say hey i want to take the family on a vacation to colorado for a whole week in the summer and it's going to cost me 12 grand you know, I need to take that out of my plan. Yeah, we we can do it. But in order to get the 12 grand in your bank account, you know, we may have to take out 15 from the investments. And when I take out that much more from the investments, guess what, your income goes up. And when your income goes up, it's going to affect your Medicare premiums and the, the snowball just continues. So if you're young and you're still planning for retirement in your 30s and 40s and 50s, please look at what you're doing and as your contributions think long and hard about doing Roth contributions. And lastly, excuse me, number seven here that I want to talk to you about is the rule of 72. So I learned this in high school. It's one of the one things that I remember from my high school class. Mr. Neiman's taught me this. It was the rule of 72. It's the one thing that I remember. Essentially what this is the way it works. Say you got 30 years until retirement. So say I got another 30 year old. That $100 that you invest as a 30-year-old, if you're 60 and you've gotten 8% return that whole time, that money will 10x itself, 10x. That means $100 turns into $1,000 in 30 years at an 8% interest rate. So here's the crazy thing to start thinking about. Say you're doing 100 bucks a month. Say you're doing 100 bucks twice a month say you're doing 100 bucks a day that $100 when you're 30 will 10x itself in 30 years at the 8% rate of return so 72 is use the interest rate divided into that that's how quick your money is going to double that's a very very important thing to understand so if you're easy math you're getting a 10% rate of return on your money your dollar will double every 10.2 years super cool thing to check out. Rule of 72. Understand how money works, how fast it doubles, start saving early and save often. This is the thing I want to close with on today's episode. It, re- it really o- Becoming wealthy is actually pretty easy. It only takes two things. It takes time. So you got to start when you're young enough that your money has time to grow and it has time to double. Revert back to that rule of 72 that I just talked about. If you start saving for your retirement age, age 55, you're so far behind the eight ball. It's very, very tough to play catch up when you're that old. But if you're 25, if you're 20, if you're 30, even if you're 50, it's never too late to start. But I'm going to say it takes two things to become wealthy. It takes time. So you got to start young. And two, it takes discipline. You have to be willing to make small sacrifices in your day-to-day life so that you can save up enough money, 20%, to be putting towards your future. It takes time, it takes discipline, and don't try to get too fancy. I see far too many people get caught up in get rich quick schemes. That's a super easy way to lose money, it's a super easy way to put sour taste in your mouth when it comes to investing. So don't get fancy, keep it easy, work with a financial planner, educate yourself and do it yourself if you want to. There's plenty of great options out there that you can use to educate yourself to become an informed investor so you can do these things yourself. So I hope you guys have really enjoyed this episode in season two here. It really sums up some of the thoughts that I had in my book. What's your plan? Hopefully you got some values in mind. Hopefully you can use those values to create some goals. Hopefully the goals that you create will increase your happiness and you're able to use that money to add value in your everyday life. Remember, think of creating a lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. Try to think of that when you're envisioning your values and your goals and you're setting up those things. And lastly, I ended with with some basic money tips that I think everybody should know. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would share it with a friend. I'm trying to educate the masses with this podcast with basic money advice that's applicable to everyone. So season one was on my first book, 21 Things You Need to Know About Money. Season two here is on What's Your Plan?, And season three that'll be coming out in the near future is on my third book, Red Zone Retirement Plan. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. If you would share the show, I'd love it. Thanks for listening.